Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And um, this is kind of just a mini-series just to help us understand the... the, uh, the Christian walk, the Christian life. I titled this, uh, Empowered to Conquer the War Within. And then tonight I'm gonna talk about demoting the old man and promoting the new man. And uh, we've talked about this Sunday, how that uh, uh, Galatians 5, you wanna read this, such beautifully uh, laid out in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 13 through uh, 25 out of the New Living Translation, and then you can also read it out of the Passion Bible. And these translations are so awakening, they're so inspiring when we understand and learn uh, uh, more about uh, the clarity of the Christian life. How many, honestly, lift your hand if you've ever had any challenges, struggles in your life since you've been a Christian. That's every one of us. Just to let you know that we're all in the same boat, meaning that we, <clears throat> that we both, as, as, as people of God, we literally have two natures. Well, we'll begin tonight by just sharing that. Oh, first of all, I want to say, I've, been, I've forgotten about it for three weeks now. I want to thank everyone for your, the card, birthday cards, the greetings, the kind words, uh, and the gifts. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and then uh, number two, we were talking in the offices. If you have little children, I know I have my own, I have my own little, um, little meaning grandson of five years old and little kids, and try to keep them uh, a little bit uh, uh, um, corralled in, when it, in down in the atrium. Uh, we don't want somebody to fall and get hurt, and I know they're running around a lot. We're just talking about that, so um, uh, just put a shock collar on them, they'll be fine anyway. Just, <laughs> and, Amen. No, just kidding, of course. Hallelujah. And then there was a couple, one more thing I wanted to address, just for you to pray about. Uh, not to, no pressure or anything, but well, we, we need to um, do some uh, work on the shingles up on top of where you're now sitting. Uh, they're really, we had uh, some wind damage and stuff, and, and we've got to either replace half of them or all of them. And uh, so we're looking at 30,000 bucks. Why am I saying that? Not, no pressure, just simply bringing that to you in case the Lord touches your heart and you say, hey, I'll help put a, a new roof on the, it just takes 30 people giving $1,000 and it's taken care of. Can I have an amen? Just wanted to bring that to you. Uh, no pressure, just be praying about it. So tomorrow morning you wake up and you get a check for 30,000 and the post it off, you know what it's for. Anyway. <laughs> and um, so... I began reading this in 2 Corinthians 5. We'll begin tonight. I have a few scriptures I want to share, so we'll get right into this. It says, therefore, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. What Paul is referencing there is inwardly. Say, say I'm new on the inside. Amen. And you are. If you're born again, you're new on the inside. Amen. And uh, it says, the old previous moral spiritual condition has passed away, and behold, the fresh and the new has come. Again, where? On the inside. Again, you're a threefold nature, you're a threefold, you're a three-dimensional creature, you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a natural body, which can only live so long because of Adam's transgression. We were to live forever in our earth suits, but because he messed up, uh, uh, and thank God, God shortened it to 120 years, 
uh, you know, um, because of the depths of his love and mercy for mankind. And um, Sunday, I talked about uh, inwardly, we're God-like. Outwardly, we're earth-like. And the moment that we become born again, the moment we have this divine transformation on the inside, it's at that moment that God uh, begins to teach us that we have to be or accountable to be the manager of both the inward man made in the image and likeness of God and the outward man made in the image of Adam. And so that is where the struggle is. And you'll read that in Galatians 5, uh, verse um, uh, uh, 16 and 17. You'll see there in the New Living Translation that there's this nature within us that's challenging the nature within us. (laughs) It's confusing. So can I kind of have an amen? And you can't get rid of the Adamic nature until you die, physically. The moment you give up this earth body, then, of course, you're free from that um, spiritual bondage that uh, Adam got into when he transgressed God's word. Don't want to get into all that. So, but here, then in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, uh, we found out last uh, Sunday that um, God equipped us. Uh, oh, I wanted to read this first because I thought this was so good. Yeah, in, in Paul's letter, uh, uh, to the believers in Ephesus, he addressed two things. Number one, the relational side of life. It's the, that's what the whole book is about in Ephesians. The relational side of life and the warfare that is associated with us, uh, with it, warfare. So, so you, have, you have this wonderful relationship with God and then you have this warfare that comes against this relationship with God. It's just part, it's just part, and then, of course, that, relation, that warfare uh, bleeds into our relationships with one another. It's just part of the journey. That's why Jesus didn't suggest us to walk in love. He commanded his disciples to walk in love. Why? Because love never fails. Say that out loud. Amen. Yeah, the God kind of love never fails. Listen, it never fails as long as you're exercising it. And that is one of the challenges that we have is to keep exercising uh, this thing called the love walk. Amen. So he, a God, uh, knew that we needed some help. So he provided divine, he, he divinely equipped us with the uh, spiritual armor. And we talked a little bit about it, didn't really get into it, but I'm going to go ahead and read verse 10. It says this, in conclusion... Be strong in the Lord, be empowered, watch this now, be empowered through your union with him. That's why a lot of times I'll, I'll say, why don't you lift your hands and look to heaven and say, Jesus, I love you. When you do that, you are practicing, you're practicing this relationship with the Lord. You're practicing in that, okay? It's, it's a faith expression on your part. Why? Because sometimes we just simply, it's just like, See, everything in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of the redeeming work of Christ. For instance, before the priests could go into the tabernacle, this, this room, 15 by 15, to serve the Lord in that atmosphere, they had to walk by something called a laver. It was a big brass bowl. And it was full of water. It's where the Catholics get holy water. When you go into a Catholic church, you dip your hands in holy water. You know, that, they got that from the Old Testament. We don't have to do that, but they do that, okay? And so they would dip their hands and, and wash their hands and their feet before they stepped into their service for God. It was a, it was a type of internal cleansing, cleansing, even though it was an outward uh, practice. Do you understand that? Everything they did had a spiritual uh, uh, meaning to it. Hallelujah. The Bible says we're washed with water by the word of God. You know, when you study the, when you study the scriptures, they cleanse you, uh, you know, from the filth of this world. 
Amen. Over the process of time, that's what happens. But anyway, so let's go on. So we have this intimate relationship with the Lord. So we're always trying to get you, uh, you know, to express that more. Uh, in fact, every day of your life, you can express that to the Lord. No matter what you're doing, no matter if you're having a frustrating day, just say, Lord, I love you. Please help me. And he'll help you. He's a good God. Anyway, let's go on. So he says, uh, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength with which his boundless might provides. And I was thinking, you know, again, it just comes back to just that human nature. For instance, we've got, you know, uh, Randy was in bodybuilding and, and this young man up front. I look better than he does, but he looks okay. And, uh, and so why? Because we think... We think if we can get to a certain, you know, a certain place, uh, outwardly perfection, that we'll be happy, you know. But until you get the inward man uh, strengthened, you know what I'm saying, the outward man, you're still unhappy. I don't care how many awards you get, you know what I'm saying, how, you know, uh, uh, how many tight underwear you wear as you're going like this or whatever. It, 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 it's, all, it's, all in, it's all in vain. <laughs> I'm going to wear a pair of those, pair of those to church with these. No, no, I won't that. That, that would look bad. But anyway. Yeah, I do that. In, she said I do that in front of the mirror all the time. No, not really. I don't. Anyway. She just wants me to. <laughs> anyway. We're, we're older, but we're not dead. Anyway. Thank you. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. So anyway, let's move on. Verse 11. Now watch this. Now watch this. This is a beautiful, these first two words are so important. Put on God's whole armor. And simply meaning what? Well, if you got to put something on, it ain't on yet until you put it on. Correct? So this is so important about the spiritual warfare that you face in your life on a daily basis. It says put on uh, the whole armor of God. And I'm, I'm not going to get into this armor. Just want you to see the relational warfare that you're in or the spiritual warfare. Put on the whole armor of God. Watch this. The armor of a heavy armed soldier. That means the battle is great, which God supplies. Watch this. Why? So that you may be able successfully to stand against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. I wish it weren't so. I wish that, you know, I wish that the, the, the expressions of the devil didn't have to come through us, but they do. And we'll talk about this in a moment as we go on. But we're not contending only with physical opponents, but with what? Against the dis despotisms. We talked about this. The despotisms are unseen powers that dominate in a cruel and oppressive way. We're, 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 we're wrestling against the powers, the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Amen. So when it comes to the relational side of life, there has always been warfare. It started in the Garden of Eden and it's been going on ever since. Uh, immense relational warfare. We have to recognize that our enemies are not flesh and blood. Yeah, you know, I, I understand, you know, you know, just think if you're all by yourself, you wouldn't have a problem. But God never ordained anybody to be there by themselves. Never. How many ever watched the series alone? Anybody? Isn't that good? It, it, what is interesting is they pick out like 10 people that are very qualified to go out into the middle of nowhere. Uh, they're survivalists. They're called survivalists. 
Yeah, they're professionals. And they, they, they send them up in northern, you know, Canada, Alaska, where there's hardly any food or anything. And they got, the one who lasts the longest gets a half a million dollars. But what destroys most of them is loneliness. And you see them beginning to break down. And some of them just start to whack out because they're alone. They can't take it anymore, you know. And uh, why? Because God never ordained us to be alone. Amen. We're supposed to have relationships, whether it is uh, between a man and a woman or just friendships. Can I have an amen? Family, uh, brothers, sisters. Uh, all, we're supposed to have relationships. On the other hand, those relationships are always being tested. It's just that's the way it is every day of our lives. If you agree with me, you don't have to lift your hand, but just say amen if you agree with me on that. Amen. I mean, that is real. Okay? All right. So, I've, I've, how many of you have ever, ever said, I like you? You know? I heard someone say, yeah, you'll like me until you get to know me. But isn't that true about life? You'll like me until you get to know me. And I think about Jesus. Or we've heard the phrase, when the honeymoon is over, okay? What happens? That's when the work begins. When the honeymoon is over, that's when the work begins. That's when you have to begin to learn to exercise faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, amen, 1 Corinthians 13. So that's where we, that is what's required of us. Do you know why it is? Because that's what God exercises towards us on a daily basis. He knows that, he knows that he's married uh, to a, a body. He knows our brokenness. He knows our frailty. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our little chinks that we have in our armor. He knows everything about us, and yet he still loves us in spite of it. Come on, give him a good shout of praise. Amen. Amen. He still loves us, though he knows us. He's not like us. Uh, you know, I, 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 you'll like me until you get to know me. Well, Jesus knows us very well and still loves us. Amen. And unconditionally, and I'm grateful for that. Hallelujah. Amen. So you have to put on this armor. Now, turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Now, remember, this is, um, I'll just say this so it helps you. When Paul wrote these letters, it wasn't chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. You know, he wrote a letter. They broke them into chapters just for study purposes, okay? And so I want you to see this. So earlier, before he talks about this armor, he records specific things that we must, as Christians, put on and put off. Very interesting. Uh, or, or, or I like what I said, uh, things we have to demote and things we have to promote in our lives, okay? And... Um, and so we're going to read a little bit of it. This is Ephesians 4, verse 17. And this is the New Living Translation. It's all, it'll be on the screen here. Now, with the Lord's authority, Paul said, let me tell you this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Now, again, you have to remember, you've got 3,000 years of Judaism. But Paul, if you'll study, you'll find out that Paul was called more to the Gentiles than he was the Jews. Peter was called to the Jews. Paul was called to the Gentiles, okay? So he's trying to help tell the Gentiles, you can't, the new Christians that were Gentiles, Gentiles are simply, any, uh, there was the world apart from the Jews that didn't have a covenant with God. That's the Gentiles. It's the, us good old sinners. Okay. He says this. With the Lord's authority, I say, live no longer as the Gentiles do. Now, you can if you want to, but that's not gonna please God. For they 
are no, they are hopelessly confused. Watch this. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of the life that God gives them because they have closed their minds. Watch this. See, God gives everyone. Every one of us have an every everyone individual here has a will. And you can will your own will, or you can will the will of God. But to will the will of God, you have to die to your will. Amen. You have to die to your will. And that's not easy. Why? Because we, we are Adamic on the outside. And, you know, uh, there's two scriptures in Proverbs that says this. Everyone is right in his own eyes. But God weighs the hearts. So we all have our opinions, but what, is it, what does an opinion do if it just keeps dividing you? Right. Amen? So sometimes you just have to drop it. Have you ever heard it? Hey, just drop it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's go on. So they close their minds, harden their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth. Watch this. You've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him. You've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him. That's why your study of the Gospels, especially the Sermon on the Mount, is so important. Because you will learn what Jesus taught himself. Okay? Let's go on. Throw off. Oh, there it is. Or King James says put off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead... Let or allow the Holy Spirit to renew your thoughts and attitudes and then put on or clothe yourself with your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I know, and that's just part of human nature because of what we struggle with from the, uh, from the adamant nature that we carry as Christians. Uh, every day, every day we have opportunities uh, uh, to be contentious. Every day we have opportunities to disappoint God by the choices we make. But I want to be able to grow up to a point where I can make more right choices than wrong choices. Amen. Amen. I, you just want to get that way, right? I mean, you'll walk more in love than what you used to. Verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let, our, uh, tell our, uh, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. All right? Now, I'll comment on that, comment on that in a second. Look at the, the Living Bible says it this way. If you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. That's one of the greatest challenges. At, I mean, Fine, if you, before you were a Christian, you may excuse yourself from the responsibility of what Paul writes here. But once you become a believer, you are responsible to do what God says. And don't be holding on a grudge for four days until the guy gets it right. Those guys usually don't get it right anyway. So don't hold a grudge. Let it go. Okay, watch this. I love this. So don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly, for when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. When I read that, and again, I want to help you understand that. It doesn't mean you give a foothold to the devil himself. You give a foothold of his character in your life. You give a foothold of who he is. And, that, and I'll give you an example. You give a foothold to anger, which ultimately gives a foothold to the devil's character, 
in your Christian life, like intimidation, manipulation, verbal threats, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and physical abuse. All the abuse that we experience comes from, usually from anger, uncontrolled anger, something that you and I have the power to bridle if we want to. I was uh, uh, playing pickleball, and this guy, super guy, he, he, he's probably, could be maybe a little younger than me, but he's, he's, he's built you know, bigger like this, so, and that guy's just, a, he's, a, I mean, he's just an unbelievable great player, and he, um, but he said to me, man, I hate playing, see that guy over there? I said, yeah. He said, I really don't like playing with him. I said, why? Oh, he's got such a bad temper, and, and uh, he said, I don't even like getting a point over him because he just goes bananas. Well, what a bummer. You know, to, to not have that under control. Well, okay, I don't know the guy, that's fine. My point is, I'm, I don't want him to be talking about me like that. Amen. I want him to, you know, say, hey, that guy, I just smashed, and he does. Uh, more than not, I told him, my goodness, uh, you trying to kill me? He, he spikes the ball right into me. I mean, as hard as he can. You know, and we just laugh. We just have a great time, and because uh, he's that good, and that doesn't bother me at all. And we just have a great time together. See, I'd rather have him see that side of me, amen, amen. and um, uh, th- than to be that way. I just don't want to be that way. How about you? Don't don't want to be out of control. I want to be in control. Let's go on really quick here. Get these through here. Verse twenty one. This is the Passion translation. Now, if you have really experienced the Anointed One, watch this, and heard His truth. It will be seen in your life. Isn't that good? I mean, if you've really heard or really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Verse 23. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so you will be known as one who always speaks the truth for we all belong to one another. But don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fueled for revenge, not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. How many have ever heard the phrase, man, he's acting like the devil? Well, that's fine if you, if you serve him. But if you don't, let's try not to act like him. You going to have an amen? So important. All these things we're to learn from. So again, always remember, Paul, in these letters, he's addressing born-again, spirit-filled Christians. He's trying to help them trying to resolve these issues that they practiced for so many years, now they're born again and still have to address, confront, and conquer, and conquer these things in their lives. Verse 29. So this is a New Living Translation. So don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow. Now, oh my goodness, how many times I've had to repent to the Holy Spirit for saying something stupid. And I'm not talking about something just filthy or dirty, just something stupid and critical. I've had to repent many times to him, tell him, apologize to him, tell him I'm so sorry. 
Because we do, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve him in the sense he retreats. He retreats from, uh, from, from us in the sense of relationally. And I don't want that. We need his leadership every second of every moment of every hour of every day. Lift your hand if you've ever honestly recognized you grieve the Holy Spirit some way in your life. Thank you. So you understand what I'm talking about. I appreciate that. So he says this. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Now remember, he has identified you as, as his own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved in the day of redemption. So get rid of, means you, you still have them. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. It's so important. I don't know about you, but every day, stop for a moment and consider how good God is to you. And the Bible says in Luke 6, 38, Jesus, again, Sermon on the Mount, part of his teaching, he says, he says this, and be ye therefore merciful, watch this, as your Father is merciful. So you have to measure that. But I understand, and I know, just as a Christian, not a minister, preacher, as a Christian, I know that every day God is merciful to me. So, and he appreciates that, that we recognize that. He's not looking for perfections. He's not looking for performance. He's just looking for a very humble, reverent, subservient, and a tender heart. That's what he's looking for in, in your walk with him. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right, we're almost done here. Uh, then uh, we'll go on. The last verse of chapter four, remember, the, the chapters weren't in there, so we're gonna go from four to five. But remember, it's just a continuation of the thought of the last verse of chapter four going into the first verse of chapter five. So let's read that. It says, be kind to each other, uh, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So watch, this is the message translation, I love it. Watch what God does and then you do it. Isn't that beautiful? Just stop for a moment. Watch what God does. How how do you watch what God does? Well, you you find out what God does in the scriptures. Amen? And then you do what he does. And this this is what all this teaching is in these letters. He's teaching us how God... Uh, acts and uh, right and, and how what his nature is like. Okay, so watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. So keep company with Him and learn a life of love. <laughs> That's not good. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Hallelujah! I said Hallelujah. You know, I'm glad when the, you, you know, I remember when I, I'll never forget it, when I got saved in 1971, third Sunday night of May in 1971, I got gloriously saved uh, as I went to uh, Vicky's graduation celebration at her church. And, um, but I, I mean, oh, was, I mean, that was glorious. I'll never forget that glorious experience. And it, it just, to this day, it's as real as it was back then. Uh, meaning this. Oh, my, I just can value the depths of God's love. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I value the depths of God's love that he, he has for me. Oh, my point to bring that up is, thank God, after the honeymoon was over, he didn't divorce me. <laughs> right? He, he, doesn't, he never says the D word. Uh, even dummy. He never says the D word. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So... 
my point is, be encouraged. He will never divorce you. Be encouraged. He loves you. Be encouraged. He wants to help you, instruct you, teach you to become more like him. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and he'll, he'll work with you until you take your last breath. That's how good God is. Hallelujah. Just as we would to our children. Oh, I love this. I just wrote this down. down what God requires, he empowers. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't tell you something and say, well, good luck. I hope you, know, hope you make it. No, he, he empowers you to do the things he's instructed from his word. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So to live a, a consistent Christ-like life, we must practice promoting the character of Christ and demoting the works of our Adamic nature. Uh, here's the Passion Bible. We're almost done here. Just, are you enjoying this kind of? I mean, uh, I know I do. I read a lot of scripture, you kids, but life is so busy that sometimes, you know, this is the only time we have to read some scriptures. And they're so inspiring. They're so refreshing. Faith comes by. It really does. It really does. It comes by hearing. So let's read. Here's the Passion Bible. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord. Be imitators of God. I love that. Then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Mm, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. And nothing to do, and have nothing to do. Isn't that something? He goes right into that, into the, the expression of the Adamic nature. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed. I mean, this whole world today, it's way worse than it ever was. I mean, and I'm not just saying that in the sense of, you know, because I'm some old dude, you know, that's out of touch. But it's way worse again. Way worse today. I'll never forget the, you know, again, to see any kind of pornography, you had to find some old pervert guy who would buy you a Playboy magazine. But now it's on the touch of your phone. Every kind of disgusting thing. So you have to do everything you can to protect your, your, your spirit, soul, and body. As, as a believer, it's just, it's part of, you know, it's part of that righteous walk. You, know, you can't be so careless as to think you can, you know, um, what, did, what did Proverbs say? You can't step on coals and expect your feet not to get burnt. Can I have an amen? I mean, you can't, you know, you can't be flaming the passions of your nature, flaming and not think you're going to step out and get burnt by it. I'm, I'm just saying to encourage you because it's tormenting. All that stuff is tormenting. None of it satisfies. Only Jesus satisfies. Hallelujah. Amen. That's true. Only him. All right, let's go on. So, gar- so, yeah, for you are his holy ones, and let, let no one be able to accuse you of them, what, sexual immorality, lust, or greed. So, verse 4, guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are ne- unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. Hallelujah. So, why do I say that? Re- read, now, when I read this, I, I don't know if I have time to go into Colossians, but Paul wrote a letter to Colossians almost repeating, almost repeating word for word what he wrote to the believers in Ephesians. Why? Because there was a plague, an epidemic of this kind of behavior going on in the church, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get ahead of it, 
right? So the believers don't simply think they can just live like the culture around them. And we have that challenge today. We have such a challenge today with the culture because we, uh, we, we, we think for some reason that we can conform to the culture, uh, even in a church setting, we can conform to the culture to save the culture. No, we conform to Christ and Christ will save those in the culture. Can I have an Amen. So important that we understand these things. And there's always been all sorts of dysfunctions. There's always been all sorts of sexual expressions and all sorts of things going on in the world. It's just, it's just part of the world. But we are in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. And so we're supposed to, you know, right? We're supposed to do everything we can to keep our lives protected from this kind of expression. So anyway, I don't know what I, what I was going to read here. Um, thank you, Lord. Anyway, you read, you, you all read Colossians, the third chapter. Let me, read just a, uh, let me just spark your attention by reading the first five verses, and then you can read the rest of it. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, say new life, new life. amen, thus sharing his resurrection of the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, the King James says affections, but set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on things that are in the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. He's not talking about when Christ returns. He's talking about when Christ appears in your life because you have set it apart and have set your, your, your thoughts on things above, you become more Christ-like than both he, uh, he's glorified, praise God, in your life and he's glorified through your life. Isn't that good? And that's what you want. You want people to see Christ in your life. You want people to hear Christ in your life. Praise the Lord. So, I close with Romans 12, because I'm going to skip a lot of this. Read Colossians, um, verse 7 through 17 out of, the, um, out of the New Living Translation, whatever translation you'll learn. It's great. It's awesome. It says about the same thing, things that we need to put off and things we need to put on. Put off the old man, put on the new man. And guess what? It's a decision you make. Listen, it's, listen now. It's a decision you make throughout your day. Every day you get up, you have to make those decisions. You're going to put the old man off and put on the new man. Are you going to dress in your carnality or are you going to dress in Christ's righteousness? Isn't that good? But here's what he says in Romans 12. This is the King James. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay? Why? Because God has to have someone to work through. He has to have a vessel to work through. Okay, and then holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The verse two, and be not conformed to this. Or the one translation is, don't be fashioned to this age. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, we've taught this for years, but we have a lot of new people. The word transformation to be transformed is the word metamorphosis. It, it's what a, what a caterpillar does uh, instinctively. Listen to this. Instinctively, a caterpillar instinctively at, at a time begins to build a cocoon. 
and it, it builds a cocoon around itself until it's completely separated, and it just sits isolated inside that cocoon until something supernatural takes place, and that thing turns into a butterfly. It's supernatural. Well, that, this experience of you and I are supernatural, meaning there has to be times in your life where you allow yourself to be separated from the influences of the world around you. That's why these services are important. They're not, we, we don't come together just to, oh, I, I'm sure I'm going to have favor with God to, to, uh, tomorrow because I went to church tonight. Uh, well, you'll have favor with them in the sense, but that's not what you come. You come because you want to hear the word of God so you grow stronger in your faith in God. Amen. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's why you come, praise the Lord. You want to grow in grace and truth, okay? So the word transformation is the word is, is separation because there can, be no separ- there can be no transformation, there can be no change without a separation. That's why these times are very important for you. The metamorphosis process is taking place in you tonight because you came and isolated yourself from all that crazy world outside and you come here, uh, right, to, to get built up. Amen. And then the word renew is the word renovation. And uh, through the years, and we, we've, done a few, I, we've done a few things for, at homes we've bought where you tear out the old and you put in the new. And, but guess what? A lot of times, I remember one house we did, there were like four layers of wallpaper on a wall. You know, meaning what? Uh, the re- renovation was far harder than we thought it was going to be. And, um, and that's the way it is in your life. Uh, you you want to, right? You want to tear out your old thinking, your stinking thinking, tear out your, your negativity, you know? Uh, try, let me encourage you in this. Try to be an optimist and not a pessimist. Uh, try to always see the glass half full instead of always half empty. Amen. The world is going to be crazy, but we're not of the world. The world is going to be wild, they're going to be dumb, they're going to do stupid stuff, they're going to say stupid stuff, but we are of the kingdom of light, hallelujah, and so we can, we can have a brighter, uh, respect, uh, 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 um, a, a brighter concept of, of life in general. We don't have to tell our children, oh, I tell you, we don't know kids, what you're going to do, we'll probably live, but you'll probably die. No, you don't tell your kids that. You can tell them that they have a glorious future because Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Can I have an, come on, can I have an amen? That's what you tell them. Praise the Lord. Renovation. Let me read the message. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Watch this. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Again, please remember, yes, you have every right to say whatever you want to say, do whatever you want to do, but I want Jesus Christ to master every aspect of my life. I I want to be enslaved to his will more than anything else. I don't want my own will. I want his. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. One more. The Passion Bible. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. <laughs> Good stuff. Why don't, you, why don't you bow your head? We're going to pray tonight. 
I hope you got something out of this. I just want to encourage every one of you. As Paul said in King James, Colossians 3. No, no, he actually said this in Philippians 4th chapter. Think on these things. Think on things that are lovely. Amen? Think on things that are of a good report. That's what Paul said. Listen, he's writing that from a prison, shackled in chains. And he's telling the church to think on the high things of God. Think on the faithfulness of God. Think about the love of God. Think about his goodness, his mercy, his grace. Think about how good God is. God is a good God to you. Amen. He really is. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you, Father. So I want to pray for you tonight that God will continue to strengthen you. Bow your head. Just let me ask you with an uplifted hand. How many, how many of you want the will of God in your life more than anything? Raise your hand. You want the will of God in your life more than anything? Sure. Absolutely. Well, then for that to take place, the process of death needs to work in you on a daily basis. That means you simply start making right choices that please God. That please God. Let me let me this example. We don't have many youth in here tonight, but when you're a young person, how do you please God? By honoring your father and mother. How do you please God? By carrying out specific things, that the guidelines that they've set for your life. Amen. Same with, same with adults. God has set boundaries in your life. You know, how to act, how to talk. So James, we read that last week, James the third chapter. God expects you to bridle your tongue. He, he expects that. And guess what? You can by the help of the Holy Ghost. Can I mean, amen, everyone? Amen. So anyway, as you bow your head, how many here tonight said, Pastor, pray for me? I recognize the relational warfare and just ask you to pray for us, pray for me. And, and, and as you pray for me, I'll exercise my faith and I'm gonna trust God that I will obey him. I will walk with him. I will become like him. As I meditate his word, as I worship him, I promise you, kids, your life will never be the same if you'll make that kind of commitment. Raise your hand, anybody who wants to make that kind of commitment. Father, I pray tonight for everyone here. Thank you so much, God, that you love us. Why don't you lift a hand and give him praise right now? I mean that. You love every one of us right where we're at. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. When we first got saved, you didn't leave us there. Hallelujah. You graced us. You were patient. You, God, you, you just kept working in our lives, God, up to this very day. And I give you all the praise and the glory that I've got a wife that loves you. I've got a family that loves you. I've got, I've, I've got children and grandchildren love you. And I give you so much praise for that, Father. And I give you praise tonight that you love each and every one that is here and that you're working mightily in them. Come on, give him praise for that. That you're working mightily in each one of them, God. And you will never give up on them. And you'll always help them. And Holy Spirit, we yield to your instruction. We yield to your, your conviction. We yield to your correction. And God, thank you that we want to grow from being children to sons and daughters of the living God. Lord, tonight we roll the cares of our relationships into your hand. And Father, we covenant with you, just as you love us, we will love one another. And we know that as we do, that love will never fail. 
and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give God a good shout of praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.